Hello, this is Eric Sinrod from Dwayne Morris. This is your weekly Tech Law 10. I'm joined, as always, by my colleague at Cordery, Jonathan Armstrong. And Jonathan, I have this feeling that you're thinking about what I would call privacy shield, but you would call it privacy shield. So enlighten us, please. Yeah, thanks very much, Eric. And yet again, it's uh, two nations divided by a common language, I guess. Um, but, yeah, we've had um, imminent news now of the launch of Privacy Shield, which is scheduled to start on the 1st of August in just a few days' time. Now, as a recap, we've talked about this before in our podcasts, but this is the scheme that was announced at the beginning of February to replace the Safe Harbor deal, which was struck down by the European Court in October. Now, you might be saying it was announced in February. Why is it only opening in August? Well, I think it's true to say that the February announcement was very much premature. It was almost an announcement of birth before conception, or at least just after the act. Um, I think what we have found really is that the deadline in February was because the Article 29 Working Party, an influential group of EU debt protection regulators, had set a deadline for the end of January, and the uh, European Commission wanted to get at least near that deadline before they took precipitative action. And it's taken the intervening months to try and work out what that deal between the US and the EU looks like. And I think we're still short of detail. Over the weekend, Penny Pritzker's office, she's the, uh, the uh, official in the Obama administration who's leading this now, uh, they issued a short film with details of the scheme. But there are still things that remain to be seen, notably cost, for example, for major corporations. And so we don't know exactly what the scheme will entail, but we're expecting that to be announced imminently. What we do know, however, is that there's likely to be objections to this scheme already. Now, you're right, remember that the safe harbor ruling was originally challenged by an individual called Max Schrems, and mm -hmm. that's now called the Schrems 1 litigation. There's Schrems 2, if you like, some litigation going forward in Austria uh, over civil rights for people affected by privacy breaches. And um, that Schrems 2 litigation is ongoing but has had some setbacks. There's also a group of lit uh, litigation, let's call it Schrems 3, where um, Schrems has made complaints against the use of model clauses to transfer data. That action is going through the Irish courts as we speak. It's likely to be referred to the European court. There's a couple of really significant things there, or more than two, but just to give you two for now, the U.S. government has applied to be joined effectively as a party in those proceedings, as a sort of amicus curiae brief, a friend of the court brief, mm. to try and give evidence of the uh, effects of uh, U.S. privacy or data protection legislation. And secondly, that the Irish Data Protection Commissioner the regulator responsible for, for data protection in Ireland, has told the court that she 
may wish to add Privacy Shield to the, this court case so that the European Court might be asked to look at model clauses and Privacy Shield together. Now, in addition, there is likely some challenge from regulators as well. Some of the German regulators particularly are not happy about Privacy Shield, and since the Schrems 1 case, they're allowed to investigate independently. And additionally, we understand that the uh, government representation from Austria, Bulgaria, Croatia, and Slovenia abstained from the Privacy Shield vote, and so it may be that some of those countries, Austria would be my favourite amongst those, could uh, take action as well. So it seems to me that it's not guaranteed a smooth path, but at the same time, I think most U.S. corporations would be wise to consider Privacy Shield as a potential option for them. Uh, despite its faults, companies who were in safe harbor could find Privacy Shield fairly easy to achieve. Uh, it could have some role as part of a mix of compliance measures, particularly if it proves to be quite cost-effective. What they will need to do there, I think, is look with some focus at things like arbitration costs because there are some mandatory provisions there. And they'll also need to look hard at their uh, privacy policies. We know from some of the regulatory intervention in France, where, for example, Microsoft uh, are one of the recipients of French uh, enforcement activity currently, uh, Facebook have been, and in Germany, where there's a number of companies are being investigated, some of whom have now been disposed of by the German regulators. But saying in your privacy policy that you rely just on safe harbor or just on privacy shield is likely to be a dumb idea. And so privacy policies are going to have to be more carefully crafted as well. And then the final thing I think to say is that this is another area where I think Brexit makes little difference. Um, I think that given the likely time frame for, Brex for Brexit, Privacy Shield will obviously be in well before Brexit happens in any event. So the Privacy Shield deal, uh, if you do sign up to Privacy Shield, will include the UK uh, at least for the next couple of years. And if there is a Brexit, I think we're likely to see an equivalent scheme between the UK and the US in any event. And I think it's likely that you could grandfather for, from one to the other, just as you could between the EU and Switzerland and the safe harbour. So quite a complex set of developments. I've tried to clarify them. We'll post <laughs> some FAQs maybe on our LinkedIn site. But I wonder if there's been, I mean, in Europe, it has been big news, you know, more than 120 shares, I think, of our uh, FAQs on social media, which is which is a pretty big number, I think, for a compliance article. Uh, and, and it has been headline news in mainstream media. Has it had the same reception in the U.S., Eric? Oh, what a tangled web we weave, <laughs> I must say. I don't think it has the same level of headline news here as you're describing, but it's still important. And I think uh, you know, leading companies are, are well aware that they must be uh, keeping track of these uh, developments and doing the best they can. Uh, I remember 
long ago and far away, you know, counseling clients and saying, by the way, you must be mindful that you know, good privacy is good business, and it's important to understand what you're doing to protect privacy and then put up a, a robust privacy policy on your website to make sure you comply with it, and you won't get in trouble here with the Federal Trade Commission if you do that, and you'll have happy customers. Well, it was a lot simpler back then, uh, isn't it? And, uh, it, you know, even well-meaning companies, and many of them are well-meaning. They want to adhere to privacy rules, and they want to protect the personally identifiable information of their uh, customers, but, but it's complex. And on the one hand, you know, the Internet, the Internet knows no geographic boundaries, yet we have all these rules coming up uh, and changing. Uh, so I guess I would throw it back to you and ask you a question, if you don't mind. Do you think we're now better off getting into this realm of privacy shield as opposed to what we had before uh, with Safe Harbor? I think in some respects the, you could level the same arguments at, at, at uh, privacy shield versus Safe Harbor. I mean, the most fundamental, I guess, is that there is still likely to be little in the way of checking. So it's still largely a self-certification regime. Mm -hmm. Now, we believe mm -hmm. that the U.S. Department of Commerce will do more checks than they did under Safe Harbor when somebody applies to self-certify, but as yet, we don't know what they are. And we also believe that the FTC will have a bigger role in enforcement, but we don't know much of that either. And, of course, the U.S. administration had promised more FTC enforcement previously. That did mean yeah. that the prosecutions for claiming to be in safe harbor when you weren't particularly did go up exponentially, but from a low base. So maybe from about 10 prosecutions in the first 10 years of the scheme to about 10 to 15 per annum uh, in recent years. So, so a huge increase in percentage terms, but right. not a huge increase in numbers. But then again, for perspective, uh, Safe Harbor wasn't a scheme that so many people signed up to directly. Where Safe Harbor did have a huge impact was that those companies that did sign up to Safe Harbor had multiple clients. So you might have somebody who was offering you know, global HR software, they signed up to Safe Harbor. But with that, effectively, that meant that 200 corporations' transfer of data was secured by Safe Harbor. So we had this odd position, really, that the minority and a small minority of U.S. corporations had signed up to Safe Harbor. Mm. But in my view, the majority and a large majority of multinational corporations relied on Safe Harbor for some of their data transfers. And I think, again, that's not going to change too much. I think what it does mean is that those multinationals who use somebody in Privacy Shield uh, to transfer their data have to look more forensically. They can't just rely on Privacy Shield as some sort of a rubber stamp that everything's fine because it will be subject to challenge and... and some corporations will not survive that challenge or the way in which they handle data won't and it won't be defensible. 
Yeah. So I think it is going to be, um, you know, it's almost, even if the scheme gets launched on the 1st of August with no uh, complexity to it, it'll be, to use a cliche, the start of the journey, not the end. So all that remains to say is this is Eric Sinrod at Dwayne Morris in San Francisco. My email is ejsinrod at dwaynemorris.com. Uh, you can find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, etc. Jonathan? Uh, Jonathan.Armstrong at CordryCompliance.com. I'll post the FAQs in our LinkedIn group, uh, so you'll be able to find them there. And, uh, yeah, all that remains is to thank you for listening, and we'll tune in again in another week or so. Thanks again. Thank you. 